Wendell Vaughn, the first Earthman ever appointed protector of the universe, bonded to the energy-transforming quantum bands that are both weapons and symbols of his station. He fights an ongoing battle to defend all life in the universe from cosmic evil. Stanley presents Quasar. Greetings and welcome back to the Quantum Cast. I am one of your hosts, Gene Hendricks, and the uh, gentleman over there brushing the ice off of him for some reason is my good friend Adam Worth. Uh, what's going on over there, bud? I, uh, you know, I went into the ice in 2018, and you pulled me out, and I don't want to recognize the world around me anymore. Yeah, well, it's kind of hard to recognize people when they're all wearing masks, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I still don't understand the whole deal with that. Oh, my gosh. But you know what? Anything you say on that topic will piss somebody off. Yeah, well, let's just say that uh, apparently a lot of people were listening to the Dread Pirate Roberts, and uh-huh. they think that masks are just terribly comfortable, and everyone wants to wear them. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's probably the safest thing for us to say, because yes. if you if you point out one set of facts, you will piss off Team Blue. And if you happen to mention... Another set of facts, and, and both are facts, both are real, mm. uh, you'll piss off Team Red. And I don't um, I don't like binary thinking, so right. maybe we should just bypass this entire issue because I feel like I feel like there's some logical errors, logical fallacies on both in both Team Blue and Team Red. And yeah, um, well, when you get into tribal think, you will end up with stuff like that. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Uh, and um, I am. Um, I uh, have you been watching The Expanse? Not to completely change topics, but you said the word tribal, and it. It's first of all, what a great way of saying it, because it really is. It's like it's like like in our area. You still live in New Jersey, right? No, no. I I, I moved out of that ice <laughs> ice covered area down to the uh, the warm recesses of Florida. Oh, and that's why you weren't in that block of ice until the Avengers found you. Right. For the last uh, for the last three and a half years, because I remember the long long ago, you know, <laughs> the before times when you were in New Jersey and it was 2018. And we we could we could go places and we could do things and we could see people and people didn't get very very mad at you if you wore a mask or or, or didn't wear a mask and uh, in fact they looked at you strange if you did wear a mask yeah right <laughs> yeah right 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 but uh, so you live in Florida now boy I really boy I have been out of it for a very long time but in Florida I'm sure you have Amazon Prime oh yes. Yeah, I okay. I haven't I've been told that The Expanse is a very good show. I just haven't gotten around to watching it yet. <laughs> yeah, The Expanse you got to get through the first 3 episodes which are incredibly plotting and slow, which is probably why it never took off. Mm. But it sets up a backstory. Once you get to episode 4, I believe, it's fucking fantastic. Uh it's it's like Agents of Shield. Remember Agents of Shield, the first 6 episodes were garbage and it was hard to get through and right. then they all of a sudden, it took off, and then the next three or four seasons were phenomenal. Uh, same thing with The Expanse. you got to get to episode four, and then it takes off, and then it's completely binge-worthy. The reason why I uh, – and I don't want to give anyway any spoilers, but in the most recent – I think it's season five of The Expanse uh, – something happens, okay. and uh, there's chaos, and people are just trying to survive. And the, one of the main characters says, you know – Human beings are tribal by nature, and when we have the creature comforts of, you know, 
food and shelter and safety, the tribes become bigger. But as soon as those things become scarce, the tribes become smaller. And right now we're a tribe of two, Hmm. Um, meaning you can't trust the motivations of anyone else that you're dealing with because they might take your food. They might take your water. They might uh, take your weapons away that you're using to defend yourself uh, because people are tribal. And it all depends on whether or not they recognize you as part of their tribe or not. Do you follow the example? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. So right now in America, we've got and first of all, I am on team neither which is part of the problem. Um, But we have team blue and we have team red. And if you say anything that uh, that might potentially disagree with or uh, let's call it um, uh, interfere with the cognitive bias, you are immediately uh, censored, censured. Is my using censured or censored? Probably both, right? Well, yeah. I mean, it seems anymore that people are censored, uh, kicked off of whatever platforms, but censured is what I think you're going for. Yeah, I think that's what I'm going for. So I won't say anything else, but mm-hmm. coming out of the ice, let's see, we got masks, and uh, that wasn't in a long, long ago. Uh, can, can Can I go out and get a drink if I wanted to? Depends on what state you're in. In the okay. uh, in your state, I don't think so. <laughs> Down here, yes, you can on, with some restrictions. Okay. Yeah. Well, I um I have talked to some people, and apparently their their life for the last year has been exactly like my life, except for I was unconscious in that block of ice. Not fun. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, have we beat that into the ground? I think so. But yeah. Do you do you know what is fun? <laughs> I can't the... possibly imagine. One of my favorite crossovers, and that would be Acts of Vengeance. Oh, yeah. That's actually because when I first became a collector, as opposed to just going and, oh, that comic looks fun, or that looks interesting, I'll get those. When I actually said, I'm following this title, this title, and this title, very hot on the heels of that was Acts of Vengeance. Yeah, I recall. This is actually probably one of my very first multi-title crossovers that I was there for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's it's fun, and I'm I'm so happy that the uh, the Mer- Mary Marvel Marching Society has asked us to join in, come back out of the ice, <laughs> revive ourselves to join in, but not for a Quasar issue. Well, okay, it's not a Quasar issue, but this particular issue, like I'm looking at the cover... And it sh- they got She-Hulk and Cersei and Namor and Thor and Captain America all on the cover. I did not see one of them <laughs> in any of these pages inside. But I do see Quasar, and Quasar is the only quote-unquote superhero yes. in the entire comics. This, this might as well be a Quasar story. Essentially, yeah. Uh, and we've already covered... <laughs> Quasar number five and Quasar number six, which were the official Acts of Vengeance crossovers with his title. See mm-hmm. episodes five and six of the show if you wish to be reminded of our coverage. Was that the ones where he was fighting the Absorbing Man, or have we not gotten to that yet? No, that uh, num- issue five was the Absorbing Man, where no. as normal with the Absorbing Man, he beats himself. Right. So issue six was where in the first page and a half... Quasar dealt with the biggest bad of the 1990s, Venom, in just yeah. a bubble, and okay, you're done. And uh-huh. then went went to the moon and dealt with the living laser and the red ghost. 
Oh, yeah, I remember that. And you had to swoop down into the blue area of the moon to get fresh oxygen. Yeah. Even though his quantum bands provide him Class 1000 protection that's, from... That's a good title. We should use that for something. Yeah, we should use that sometime. All right, so, oh, and this comic book was $1. Remember what comic books were a dollar? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Back when you could afford to read comic books? Right, exactly. Will you knock it off? He's trying to eat my hand. <laughs> <laughs> that's how, that's how shepherds say they love you. They, yes. they chew on your arm. <laughs> well, he is still a puppy. Mm-hmm. 95 pounds of puppy, but 95-pound puppy. puppy. <sighs> you goofy dog. All right, so let's get into the issue. This is Avengers number 311, cover date. December 1989, on sale date September 19th, 1989, and thank you to Mike's Amazing World of Comics for that information. Our story is by John Byrne, pencils by Paul Ryan, inks by Tom Palmer, letters Bill Oakley, colors by Nelson Yamtov, editor Howard Mackey, and the editor-in-chief, the cigar-chomping Tom DeFalco. So on the cover, as previously stated, we have Quasar and a bunch of people not in this issue attempting to stop a large number of robots as they fly up through the bottom of Avengers Island. And the cover text reads, Hydra Base Destroyed. Now, I also have someone who scribbled their name on this cover. Oh, wait, that's Tom Palmer, the inker oh, of said issue. <laughs> you got a signed one, huh? Yep. Well, nice. I went I went to Baltimore Comic Con a couple of years ago, and I bought a whole stack of Quasar appearances because Tom Palmer was there, a uh, bunch of other, bunch of other artists were there, and oh, uh, Ron Mars was there, who is the only writer for a Quasar issue that was not Mark Ruinwald. Ah. So I got him to sign that outlier. Fantastic. I even met the. Aforementioned cigar-chomping Tom DeFalco, who is a very nice guy. There you go. Well, that's really great to hear. <laughs> All right, so editor's note. This issue takes place immediately after Quasar Number 4. Now, we didn't mention Quasar Number 4. That's where he joined the Cosmic Hippie to fight off Quantum. Oh, God, what a terrible issue. <laughs> but it is not an Axe of Vengeance issue. And that's what's interesting, because the way they lead into this is Quasar is thinking, oh, you know, what's going on here? You know, I'm fighting people I've never fought before. But that was just Mark Ruinwald doing his thing. <laughs> it wasn't anywhere connected to Acts of Vengeance. Mm -hmm. All right, so inside we see Quasar flying to Avengers Island and thinking about how odd it was that Captain America hired Bob Frank, a.k.a. Nuclo, a.k.a. son of the Wizard, to be the Avengers Gardener. Yeah, I had to I had to look that up because I knew that was a reference, but I didn't recognize that name. Yes. And there's a couple more in here that I didn't recognize. That's that's why I'm doing this. Right, right. <laughs> so inside we see uh, someone who is mistakenly called Frank, but is actually Michael O'Brien, aka the Guardsman. And he is talking to Fabian and this is I'm really gonna trip over this one. Stankowitz, a.k.a. Yeah. the Mechano Marauder. Right, or the Mechanaut. Right. <laughs> and they are casually talking about the various security systems protect protecting the mansion as Quasar goes, goes through all of them. Mm-hmm. And, and, and when you look at their cameras, like, they're the old-school 
television cameras, you know, not mm-hmm. like little pinpoint things that we would have today. And of course, all the television monitors are great big tube TVs or or holograms like they've got in the movies now. So um, the vision of the future here is not as high tech as it actually became. Right. Well, this was them going off of all... This is where the technology currently is. Let's just do it a little more. (laughs) Right. Take one step further. Right. So Quasar eventually makes his way to the communications room where he has Fabian walks in and he joins Peggy Carter. Yes, that Peggy Carter. You beat me to it. So that's the Peggy Carter from World War II, but she is still alive and is now the communications officer. Yeah. And but I mean, she would be in her upper sixties at this point, nineteen eighty nine. You know, so if she was in her twenties in World War Two, forty five years later, so she would mm-hmm. be almost seventy. For a seventy year old, she looks damn good. Yeah, she looks pretty good for a seventy year old. Now, but was there that relationship that uh, that magic magic relationship between her and uh, and Cap, uh, Steve? In the comics? No. Uh, Steve had a relationship with her niece, Sharon Carter, a.k.a. Agent 13. No, 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 I know that, but I yeah. mean back in World War II. No, no. Uh, there was no no such relationship in the comics. It okay. would just... It, it just... And it that was all uh, retcon stuff, because that mm-hmm. was stuff that was written in the 70s to look back what was Cap doing in World War II, and that's where Peggy right. came in. She wasn't yeah. actually a Golden Age character. Gotcha. No, I, I remember yeah, her not but, being a Golden Age character. Yeah, but, when but they, I, I do not believe they had they had a relationship. No. There's retcons of the retcon. Right. You know, they retcon it, and then they retcon the retcon, and then they retcon the retcon. Uh, I'm going to need an aspirin after this, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we got Nuclo. Oh, you know what? And his gardening, he must be one hell of a gardener because there are palm trees. Yeah, <laughs> palm in, trees in the Hudson River. In the Hudson River. And uh, I don't know, for those of you that don't know, but that's not a climate that supports palm trees. So also in the communications room is Undaka, who is, he, and his, this is someone I didn't know, and he apparently is an envoy from the Black Panther, who yeah. was sent to the U.S. to give Cap a vibranium shield. Okay. Which happened apparently very, very few issues before this. And Cap said, ah, well, I want to hire you. Okay. Now, the, the vibranium shield, was that because this was one of the many occasions where Cap had lost the original shield? Well, it's not the original, but the, the second original shield? Yeah. Yeah, This uh, because this was after... This was after he was Nomad and the captain, so he had given up the identity at least twice before. So at some point in there, I think the the U.S. government took the original shield. The second original shield. Right, yeah, the the original round shield. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And And Cap had to get a replacement. But at least the replacement doesn't open up and have electronics in it, like in Avengers number, what, five or six? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit, that's funny. That's what happens when you know too much about comics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, as Quasar relates his recent battle with Quantum, 
As I said, see Quantum Cast Episode 4 for that coverage. We see that the group is being observed by Loki in a business suit. <clears throat> well, now, hold on. That's a that's a leap there, Gino. That's you don't they never once does it say it's Loki. No, You're but just assuming it's Loki. It could be somebody that uh has, you know, is, is tall and thin and you know, has clearly some magical issues and is deceitful, but you know, it it doesn't have to be Loki. I mean, you're making a huge. I mean, because there's another figure there in a green cape, but mm. you don't see his face. Uh, you, I bet you think that's Doctor Doom. You're right. <laughs> I mean, he's referred to as a doctor, mm. and he doesn't have his. They refer to him having diplomatic immunity at one point, that was taken away. But you know, without being able to see his face or his face plate. And having all of these panels, having his, uh, his upper body in, sh- in, sh- in shadows, I- I'm not really sure who it might be. Well, I'm sure Professor Allen will have something to say to you about that. <laughs> Professor Allen can say whatever he wants. I'm, yeah. telling you, <laughs> I'm telling you that never once does it mention any of these characters' names, and they're all shrouded in shadow so we can't see their face. So there's no way... That we know who any of them are. Who any of them are, including the uh, the person that may or not may not be Iron Man's chief villain, the Mandarin, because you know he does have a penchant for rings, apparently. <laughs> Just because you can see his hand and he's wearing rings, you cannot see his face. It looks like he's got a boomerang on his head, and that could be Captain Boomerang very easily. That would be interesting, including him in this. Right. See, you you gotta listen. You gotta you you gotta give the benefit of the doubt. Like you don't know who that is. Right. So, but the entire point of these he's wearing a mask. <laughs> these two pages is to fill us in on the plot of the crossover. <laughs> We're gonna have these people fight these people, and everyone thinks that they're the architect of the plan, and this guy is their lackey, and it's. A whole lot of fun, basically. So we shift back to Avengers Mansion, and Peggy fills in Quasar and us in on why the support crew exists. <laughs> now, she's interrupted in this, and Fabian's interrupted in eating a donut by the well, whole room shaking. Yes, a Mr. Donut. I would be shocked if in the 80s there was not a place called Mr. Donut. It has to be. Almost has to be. I would wager to say there would be a place right now called Mr. Donut. I remember in the uh, in downtown Manahawken, if there is such a thing, that there was actually a donut place that, you know, it was to compete with Dunkin Donuts, but Mm -hmm. it was their own thing. It was like a mom and pop video rental place. This was a mom and pop, pop donut shop. Gotcha. So yeah, Mr. Donut, I can see that happening. now. Gourmet mm. donuts are is a thing, or at least it was a thing back in 2018. So the whole room shaking interrupts this, and eventually Peggy's able to turn the monitors on, and they see a group of heavily armored robots or men in armor. Can't tell yet. Can't tell yet. Flying into the Hudson River. Looping mm-hmm. up under the island and busting through the flotation cushions. Oh no, that means the island might sink. Could be. I almost said melt, by the way. And that <laughs> is not correct at all. That's what happens when you record at 8.30 a.m. on a Saturday morning. 
<laughs> I've been up for three hours already. Yeah, well, so have I, but I haven't <laughs> talked to anybody. Just because I can walk around and have breakfast doesn't mean that I can communicate effectively. <laughs> I'm pretty sure both you and I were talking to the same type of being, a dog. <laughs> well, my dog is telling me she'd like to go out, but uh, she's just going to have to wait. So Quasar orders everyone to arm themselves, and then he flies out to deal with the threat. Mm -hmm. O'Brien, Mdaka, and Carter follow him out, guns blazing, and blasting these things to pieces apparently doesn't do much, because they are robotic, at least their arms are, because two forearms fold up and attack Mdaka. Is that what was going on in that panel? Because my assumption was that now the limbs are able to move on their own once... Once severed. Yeah, it's either the limbs moving on their own under their own volition, or the CPU and the robot telling the limbs to go do this. But yeah, it's you blast them to pieces, the pieces attack you. Okay, that's that's not good. No. So, at this point, Fabian, who has put his battle armor on, joins the fight, and he blasts those two forearms. God, it's too bad Mandaka gave away that shield. <laughs> would have been helpful. As the battle ranges on on Avengers Island, we cut to interstellar space and the Avenger known as Star Fox. Oh my god, so Star Fox. Let's talk about Star Fox for a minute. So there's a She-Hulk comic where they do two very interesting things. The first one is they have a flashback with Thanos, and Thanos reveals that it is Star Fox who sets Thanos on his path of, you know, trying to, you know, worship, well, not trying to, worshiping death and wanting to be uh, a consort, a lover of, in the literal sense, of death. Because when they were young and Star Fox's powers were first manifesting, he inadvertently, okay, so they had a childhood pet, like a dog, and the dog died, and Thanos was very, very upset by this. And so Star Fox, trying to comfort his brother, said, you know, well, death is, you know, a part of, you know, the universe and it's a, a natural process. And, you know, we should, we should embrace death. We should even love death because it sets, you know, it sets people away from pain and it helps uh, n new things grow. So we should love death. But just like a mutant power might spontaneously operate or create itself, at an inopportune time, Star Fox's emotion manipulations popped on and imprinted the love of death on Thanos. So all of the terror that Thanos has wrought across the galaxy is ultimately Star Fox's fault for <laughs> rewiring his brain at an early age. And I thought that was fascinating. The other thing that they uh, that they brought up was that because Star Fox has that emotion manipulating potentially every woman that he's dated or slept with because he was you know a you know a gigolo in you know in the in the marvel universe for many many decades one could consider that rape because he manipulated them to give consent through his uh, emotion manipulation powers whether it be conscious or subconsciously doing so yeah that's that's an interesting conversation especially like you said with that revelation in she-hulk that Oh, he does this without meaning to. <laughs> right. It's an, an invol. I mean, it's a voluntary thing, but he does it involuntary as well. It just happens, you know. Like mm -hmm. we all we breathe, you know. We 
We laugh. We love. He uh, he he can't help it if he's not consciously trying to restrict it. So uh, that was pretty fascinating. And speaking about, you know, involuntary rape, uh, did you watch Wonder Woman 1984? No, no, I haven't. I actually haven't seen any of the DC movies past Man of Steel. Oh, all right. Well, Wonder. So while I was convalescing after I woke up from being in the ice, I watched uh, Wonder Woman '84, and it is a steaming pile of flaming garbage. <laughs> um, it is quite possibly one of the worst. And the first Wonder Woman movie was pretty great, uh, but the uh, the second one was just garbage. Um, do you want a spoiler? Uh, well, I already know about how Steve Trevor comes back, so go okay, ahead. Okay, so you know about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, audience, if you don't want a spoiler, tough, because... <laughs> um, so, essentially, if Steve Trevor takes over the body of this, this man, this person, then she is... She's doing something not very nice to his unconscious body against his will. Like it's not his body, his choice at this point. Right. Because both her and Steve are deciding to make conscious decisions that he cannot, um, uh, that he cannot agree to. And that's icky just, when you think about it. <laughs> yeah. It's super icky when you think about it. Um, and there's a lot of other things in that movie that are just make it just garbage. Now, before, before one of the teams who shall not be mentioned, Start saying that, oh, that's misogynist talk. I really like the first Wonder Woman. It just so happens that I did not care for the second one. So you can just stifle as far as I'm concerned. I've actually been hearing that from a lot of people that the, they thought the first first Wonder Woman was terrific. Maybe a couple issues, but the second one they just did not live up to the first one at all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and along that lines, the reboot Ghostbusters was a piece of garbage as well, and it has nothing to do with it as a lady cast. It was garbage. Anyway, moving on. So what is what is Eros what is Eros aka Star Fox doing? So after <clears throat> knocking out a guard, uh, Star Fox drags him into a room and takes his armor off, then puts his armor on and himself and sneaks onto the bridge. I hope he cleaned it first. <clears throat> there, he finds his grandniece Nebula and a, a Rigelian named Gunthar discussing plans to take over the universe by using an old Earthman. God, I love those names, Gunthar. And this is Marvel 616, when Nebula, one, has hair, and two, is the grandniece of Thanos, not his adopted daughter, correct? Well, he's the granddaughter of Thanos, yes. She's she the granddaughter, granddaughter of Thanos, yeah. but in the Marvel, in the MCU, she is daughter. Right. Yeah, this, and I, I'm not familiar with the steps between how she's his granddaughter and all this. Uh, just suffice to say that there is an extra generation in there that the MCU doesn't deal with. Yeah, that makes sense. And then they're spying on Bernie Sanders. Is that what's happening? That's what it looks like, yes. Is that guy still around? Yeah, he's still around, and um, he he is super popular, especially you know it, with uh, mitten manufacturers. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. So back on Avengers Island, things are not going well. The robots are overwhelming the ground crew, and the island is starting to sink. 
Quasar, who has to save Fabian, is not happy. <laughs> He's the only one there with powers and training, and he calls the rest of them hot shot amateurs. Wow, that's pretty ballsy because with all of the existential angst that we have to listen to, all the whining that, that Quasar goes through, now all of a sudden he's being hot shit? Yeah. I don't know. Well, when he's alone with normal humans, apparently, he gets yeah, full of himself. Is this the same writer that writes Quasar comics? No, this is John Byrne. This okay. is former X-Men artist and Superman writer and artist. I understand. All right, so... This is so we've got a different a different writer yeah. that's writing Quasar, so we've got a slightly different personality coming out. Correct. Alright, that's fair. So while he's flying Fabian back to the fight, Quasar runs off two robots who are near the Quinjet fuel techs. More on that uh -huh. later. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean like okay. Like I'm an idiot, sure. But like even I can see where this is going. And for all of that S.H.I.E.L.D. training that he's boasting about having and how everyone else is an amateur, you wouldn't think to check, like, hey, why why were those robots near the fuel depot? And you can see a pretty big device sitting there in that panel. Yeah. <laughs> it it's, it's not like it's hidden or anything. It's sitting right next to the fence, and it's about three feet high. Yeah. Hey, and you know what? This is an Avengers island with float, flotilla on it, so it's a man-made mm. island, yet there's a mountain on the island. Yep. And that just seems like a waste of resources. <laughs> like, hey, we we got to make this thing float. Well, okay, there's only so much weight it can carry. Yeah, but we're going to just pile up a whole lot of gra uh, earth on it to make it even <laughs> heavier so we can have a fucking mountain. Like, that just seems... Well, maybe it's like the Matterhorn at Disneyland. It's it's actually hollow on the inside. They're using it for storage or something. Oh, is that what's going on? <laughs> yeah. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, joining back up with the group, Quasar orders Peggy to return to the communications room to try and get the other Avengers to the island. On her way, she's attacked by a robot who she blasts right out of a window. Yeah, and not only that, but like she's like, hey, I've been trying to raise the other Avengers nonstop for days now, and they're not answering. So, like, if I go back in, like, it's like, what makes you think I'm going to be able to get somebody now when I haven't been able to get anybody for the last couple of years? He's like, no debate. <laughs> so she runs back in, and it's like, I totally get what you're saying, Peg, because like, if you can't raise them. When you've been trying constantly for days, and now you're in the middle of a fight, you think you're going to be able to get get somebody now? Like, I understand everyone's, like, a little hot under the collar, but come on, leaves a little common sense. Yeah. Well, there's that shield train going right out the window again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the island is sinking faster now, and the robots retreat. And that leaves Quasar free to go underneath the island to see what the damage is. Mm-hmm. The damage is not good. <laughs> I think it's important to note that his headband has stayed red this entire issue. It hasn't changed color once. That's good. That's good. We, ha we have a colorist who's on the ball. Yeah. I mean, it's white on the first panel, but I think that's just a, a, a printing issue. Yeah, there's a couple of printing issues. Like at one point, he actually has sleeves. Oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> so... It turns out that every single one of the flotation cylinders is punctured. And Quasar is not going to be able to fix that before the island sinks. So he creates a screw jack 
to hold up the island to make sure everyone can get off. That's pretty smart. So, on the surface, everyone is being evacuated using the Quinjets that they have stored there. Because remember, the whole point of Avengers Island existing is that the government of New York City didn't want the Avengers taking off and landing within city limits. So they had to move all of their Quinjets out to Avengers Island. I was wondering, I just thought it was like a cool thing to do. I didn't know there's a reason behind it. And of course, that area of the Hudson is technically New Jersey because it's right near the Statue of Liberty, which is also yeah. technically in New Jersey. Well, the, see, that's that's where it gets fun. Because if you look at a map, any map that has state borders on it, mm-hmm. and it's you see the Statue of Liberty, like go to go to uh, Google Maps, for example, and you zoom in on the Statue of Liberty, you see, because yes, Liberty Island is in New Jersey state waters, mm-hmm. and it's shaped like a star. Around the star is a borderline. On the outside of that borderline, in the water, it says New Jersey. On the inside of the borderline, it says New York. Okay, so this is kind of like um, a uh, embassy yes. for New York into New Jersey is Liberty Island. Yes, and it gets even weirder <laughs> with Ellis Island because All Ellis right. Island was an, a natural island that had gotten built up over time. Mm-hmm. Well, if you look same map, look at Ellis Island. There is a oval in the middle of Ellis Island. Same thing. That's a borderline. The inside of that border is New York. The outside is New Jersey. Well, Ellis Island grew out of that. So the center of Ellis Island is New York State. The rest of Ellis Island is New Jersey. No shit. Yeah. And that's where those Sentinels were. Yes. I haven't figured out if they were in New Jersey or New York, though. I don't know. I mean, it was part of the construction. Yeah. All right. right. So, (laughs) screw Jack. So... Everyone's getting evacuated in the Quinjets. O'Brien returns into the mansion to get Peggy, who is, because Quasar ordered her to, is staying until the last possible second to try and get the Avengers. So, O'Brien figures it's easier to not reason with her. He's going to lie to her, saying, say that oh, they arrived. well, they're already here. Come on. <laughs> and clever. you can't, really can't argue with his logic. No, you can't. So, as they're coming back out, and Quasar is still underneath holding the island up, the bomb that was placed by the robots near the fuel tanks explodes. <sighs> this wrecks the structural integrity of the island completely and knocks Quasar for a loop. Mm-hmm. So the screwjack goes away. The flotation devices are all separated and falling on their own, and the island is basically breaking up too fast for Quasar to stop it. So on his way back to the surface, he saves Peggy and O'Brien, puts them in a Quinjet, and then they all watch Avengers Island sink. And because this is the beginning of the event, Quasar is wondering if this is the beginning of the end. Yeah. And then Jarvis starts talking about how the, what a what a sad way for the mansion, Avengers Mansion to go down. All of that artwork, all of that blah, 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 blah is gone. And then I have to think, well, wasn't Avengers Mansion originally the Stark Mansion that yes. he donated? And does that also imply that they just, rather than build a, like, you're going to build an island. Mm-hmm. And you're going to put enough dirt on it to create a mountain on top of your fake island. And then you're going to bring both conifers and palm trees to be planted on said island. 
Wouldn't you just build a new structure versus lift the old Stark mansion that had become Avengers Mansion out of the city and place it on? Like, wouldn't it just make sense to just build a brand new structure on your brand new island, especially since you're going to go through all this effort of putting piling up dirt <laughs> to create a mountain on your fake island? Like, I, like that would just, make sense, but that's not what they did. They actually took the original Avengers Mansion out of Manhattan and put it on basically a kitty float. I don't I don't know what to do with that information, Gene. Like I well, feel I feel sad. This is the impetus for getting us the new Avengers Mansion though, where they bring in a uh, a certain architect by the by the name of Eric Masterson to design it. Mm -hmm. So it seems that Thor knows him somehow, but <laughs> that's that's where you get the all steel and glass Avengers mansion because right now where this mansion used to be is Avengers Park and they have all the sub levels that used to be under Avengers Mansion still there it's right. just now instead of a building on top it's a park right right with the, all the statues of the uh, you know the founding members and the Avengers that have passed and blah 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 exactly and Yes, that actually does come up in uh, Acts of Vengeance, because this is Avengers 3.11. Well, guess what? In Avengers 3.12, you have an Acts of Vengeance crossover, which is the... It's Freedom Force, the former Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, comes uh -huh. and attacks... Was mainly the West Coast team in Avengers Park. And if you want, uh -huh. want to hear more about that, check out Third Degree Burn, episode 63, where they were kind enough to have me on to talk about that issue. Well, I will do that as soon as we stop recording for the morning. All right. So that is Avengers 311, the beginning of Acts of Vengeance. Uh, according to the little tagline at the back here, Acts of Vengeance continues in Iron Man 250 and Thor 411. I'm not entirely sure who is covering that on this crossover but this seems like the uh the perfect time for me to stick in the promo for said crossover there was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if we could become something more so when they needed us, we could make the podcasts. That they never could. In time... You will know what it is like to cross over. To feel so desperately that the comic is right, yet to fail all the same. Dread it. Run from it. March 2021 still arrives. Evacuate the network. Engage all defenses. And get this man a cold Mountain Dew. 
Ooh, cold Mountain Dew. I haven't tried one of those. Nah, nah, nah. Make it warm. Thank you. Sun isn't something one considers when podcasting an event. But this <laughs> does put a smile on my face. You guys. The Merry Marvel Marching Society. We don't know where we're going, but we're on the way. A podcasting crossover mega event in the spirit of JL May. Coming in March 2021. Covering Marvel's fall crossover event, Axe. Of vengeance. A cabal of evil threatens the Avengers and the entire Marvel Universe. Doctor Doom, the Red Skull, Kingpin, Doctor Doom, Magneto, the Wizard, Doctor Doom, the Mandarin, and Doctor Doom have banded together to pit Earth's mightiest heroes against foes they have never faced before. An array of heroes face enemies they are totally unfamiliar with. But who is secretly pulling the vengeful cabal's strings? And can the Avengers take down the true mastermind before his hidden scheme succeeds? Featuring podcasts from Third Degree Burn, Back to the Bins, Avenger Spotlight, Coffee and Comics, Comic Book Time Machine, Doom Speak, Fan Holes Podcast, Fire and Water Podcast Network, Head Speaks, Into the Weird, Justice, not entirely dissimilar to Lightning, a Thunderbolts podcast, Longbox Crusade, Married with Comics, The Quantum Cast, Resurrections, an Adam Warlock podcast, Rolled Spine podcasts, and Views from the Longbox. Marching its way to your favorite podcatchers and hosting sites in 2021. Act of Vengeance, a true story. So yes, please check out all those fine podcasts and see what else happens in the Axe of Vengeance crossover. Yeah, uh, that I I will for sure. I'm going to get right on that. <laughs> so I want you to over, get right down there. I want you to get right on it. So overall, this this is one of those issues that I remember from back in the day. I mean, obviously, I still have the physical thing, but it was one of those that it was like. Most people buy, like, the Avengers or the Fantastic... Well, not leave Fantastic Four off. So they'll buy the Avengers or they'll buy Justice League or whatever because it's a team book or Marvel team-up or Marvel 2-in-1. Because right. the, you get more than one hero in it. If you get more bang for your buck, you're getting yeah. value. I'm so sorry about the people that got lied to on the cover of this. Yeah. I don't know, Gene. We got Mechanaut, so, you know, that's something. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a fun story, but <laughs> this is one of those where the cover, one, spoils the ending. 
Hydra base destroyed. And two, lies to you. <laughs> you have one, two, three, four, five Avengers shown on this cover that are not in the book. And one is mentioned in the book. Right. I'm not counting Star Fox. <laughs> I remember buying this as a kid and reading it as a kid, and it seemed much better back then. Mm. <laughs> it does not hold up. It It's set up. I mean, the, the whole thing is set up for things to happen later. Do we ever figure out? Uh, do we ever figure out who these robots were sent by? I mean, they kind of look like, you know, pseudo Doombots. Is that, is that is or is it just random robots and they never circle back around to it? I don't think anyone ever actually said, but I believe the the implication because they they look like what Doombot version one, or yeah. whatever whatever his shock trooper Doombots are. So mm-hmm. I think the implication was that was Doctor Doom, but that wouldn't. See, that wouldn't exactly fit in with Acts of Vengeance, though, because he has gone up against the Avengers before. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I have an interesting fan theory. Would you like to hear it? Yes, I would love to hear it. Have you ever read Old Man Logan? I have not. No. no. I don't want to spoil that for you. Um, but I believe that that's an alternative timeline where Acts of Vengeance actually worked. Oh, Interesting. Where Acts of Vengeance mm. actually happened and worked, and uh, they were able to um, defeat the heroes, and then that's where the timeline splits off. Okay. I like So basically, the wizard didn't turn traitor on them, and they were able to, to keep going. I'm okay. not... I haven't read all of Acts of Vengeance in a very long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, first, firstly, I've been in the ice since 2018, you know, since the long, long ago, since the before times. But I remember living with my with my birth givers uh, back in the 80s. And um, I remember the concept behind it, clearly. Mm -hmm. And uh, it seems very similar to uh, what happened in the flashbacks in Old Man Logan, the comic. Okay, I have it as a trade paperback hardcover trade paperback so i guess it's not a paperback trade hardcover back whatever um and i think that's what i think happened that's 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 my that's my fan theory okay well sounds if you have a fan theory don't bother to email it in because we're not going to read it You know, the email address still works. I mean, judging by the amount of spam I get it through it. Oh, my God, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have a, for that show that may or may not have ever existed, I, I still get a lot of spam to that email address. Oh, wow. All right, so, you know, this is a piece of the overall. On its own, probably not worth just going back and reading this. As part of Acts of Vengeance, it's a good starting point. But you definitely have to read more after it. Is that our take, basically? I Here's what I would say is it's a good one-shot comic that, you know, tries to compel you into reading other aspects of the Act of Vengeance. I don't know that... I don't know that I... If I had to give it a one... A, a, you know, a rate it, you know, one to five, I'd probably rate it a two. Like, it's not mm-hmm. wholly awful, but it's not terribly interesting or compelling. Um, but... You know, it was fun to be a part of this and to, to come back out of retirement to uh, 
to uh, to cut a show with Eugene. I I enjoyed that, and I certainly enjoyed our conversation that we had before we started recording. Which, if you send us a bunch of money, you may hear. (laughs) (laughs) Join my Patreon. Yeah. (laughs) Hear us talk about Dungeons and Dragons. At the $3,000 a month level, you can. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm going to spend my hard-earned money to listen to two assholes talk about comics. That's a money. (laughs) All right, so we're going to wrap it up there. I don't think either of us are actually doing much in the way of podcasting right now. (laughs) So we'll just uh, leave you to the outro. If you have any comments on this, feel free to write in. I have no no idea when you're getting an answer. Don't Don't write in. Don't. Don't don't do it. Don't do it. It's not worth it. All right. I'll see you maybe another two and a half years. We don't know. (laughs) Right. Thank you for listening to The Quantum Cast, your source for all things Quasar. You can find us on the web at quantumbands.blogspot.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Google Plus under Quantum Bands. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, please email us at quantum.bands at yahoo.com. Part of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network. Good night, Four Bushman, wherever you are.